Hey guys, it's Leah from Procedural Wide. I'm the founder and CEO. Um, I have not done a live video in quite a while, but I wanted to get on today and make a video about knee pain. Um, we have been posting a series of kind of uh, discussions this week about chronic knee pain and about traumatic knee pain. And so I thought I would do a quick little video about kind of what that's all about. So when I was on active duty, I saw tons and tons of veterans or tons and tons of um, patients that had chronic knee injuries. Seems like, you know, the bones is kind of one of the most common things that, um, you know, gets injured while you're on active duty, whether it's back pain, knee pain, ankle pain, shoulder pain, you're out there ruck marching, you're doing crazy stuff all the time. And so you're just getting injuries, whether it's because you twisted it wrong or you, you know, just ran and ran and ran and you're getting stress fractures and all kinds of stuff. Um, there's tons of things that can happen. And these things can translate later into, um, you know, chronic disabilities that you might be entitled to VA disability for. So I wanted to just do a quick kind of down and dirty today on some of the things that we often see, you know, from active duty populations to veterans to what that translates to. So I wanted to give a quick kind of like, here's the knee, right? This is my fancy little knee pop, uh, knee model that I always had when I was on active duty. Look, it even has my little name on here, Captain Buckles, when I was um, an active duty PA. And so this is just a quick orientation to what the actual knee looks like, right? So we have bones, right? These white things. And then we have muscles and ligaments and tendons and all this kind of stuff. So really quickly, this bone up here, this is your femur bone or your thigh bone, okay? It's like the hardest bone in the body to break, right? And these bones down here are your tibia and your fibula or your lower leg bones, right? So um, this back here, this is uh, definitely your patella, right? So let's do some more orientation. So this thing right here is a tendon, right? So this is often referred to as the patellar tendon. It actually um, up here, it's more likely the quadriceps tendon, but we really call this whole you know, piece right here, the patellar tendon as it goes over your patella, right? So up here, we don't have like the rest of the animation, but this is like the quadriceps muscle up here. That's what this attaches to. Um, and down here, it kind of attaches onto this um, tibial tuberosity, right? This is this bony protuberance or like bony like kind of thing you can feel on the edge of your knee, right? If you reach down and you push there, you'll feel this kind of like bony thing. That's called your um, tibial tuberosity, right? So anyways, one of the most common things that we see is something called patellar tendonitis, right? So what happens is you can have... Um, and a lot of you guys have probably heard of this before, right? So patellar tendonitis is an overuse type injury where you're just gonna get kind of some irritation and inflammation around that area of the patellar tendon. Usually what I do is I have somebody seated and I just push right here and I'm like, does it hurt right here? And I push right on that tibial tuberosity and they're like, yep, and I'm like, you got patellar tendonitis, bud. Um, so that's kind of a chronic injury that we see. It can be kind of nagging. It can go away, but it can kind of become um, longstanding if you don't rest it or do proper stretching or maybe work with a physical therapist for some um, better running techniques, right? So um, that's one of the common ones. So we're going to get into some traumatic knee injuries in a few minutes, but I wanted to kind of be more comprehensive on the just the overuse type stuff, right? Um, so... We have something called chondromalacia. Um, that is when your cartilage starts to wear down and kind of thin down. So on, on all of these articulating, what we call articulating surfaces, where bone touches bone, right? There's stuff called cartilage, right? So on the back of your patella, there's some cartilage, right? If we open up the knee joint itself, 
on the end of, uh, end of this femur bone, this is called the femoral condyles, right? So on the end of these little bones, there's this stuff called cartilage, right? And what that does is it kind of protects and kind of um, makes it so that the bone isn't rubbing on bone all the time, right? And so what can happen over time is if you have bad running mechanics or you're just wearing your knees out, some of that cartilage can start to wear down. And if some of that cartilage starts to wear down, what happens is you start to have bone on bone, right? So chondromalacia is like kind of like when that cartilage starts to wear down and you can get holes in the, in the cartilage. Um, it can go grow back over time um, with enough rest and therapy, but sometimes if you just tear a big old hole in your cartilage, that has to get repaired surgically. Um, there's just different grades of it, how bad it gets. Um, so what happens if your cartilage completely gets worn out and is just gone and disrupted and you don't really repair it is you start to have bone on bone with no protection. And so what happens is that bone on bone just keeps getting jagged and you just got to think about it like a sandpaper. It's just like kind of cutting on itself. It's not really protected. And guess what happens? You develop arthritis, right? That's what arthritis is, right? So you got a lot of bone on bone stuff happening and then you get bony changes and it gets sharp and jagged and you have, um, you know, lots of ugly little jagged pieces. And that's usually kind of like irreversible once you start getting arthritis and that can cause a lot of pain and it hurts, right? So it's kind of like this continuum. Um, sometimes arthritis can just be, and we're talking about osteoarthritis today, not like rheumatoid arthritis or, um, you know, traumatic, you know, other kinds of arthritis. So osteoarthritis is generally irreversible. Um, usually you're going to have, um, you know, no cartilage or very little cartilage or cartilage defects. And then you get that bone on bone stuff. And then it's really ouchy, right? Um, and then people wind up, oops, sorry, people wind up getting, um, you know, maybe needing knee replacements and things like that over time when they get older. So these are things that we see, right? Um, so we talked about patellar tendonitis, chondromalacia. Um, we talked about arthritis. Um, so another thing is someone is actually just asking me about this um, earlier is, is something called IT band syndrome. Some of you might have had IT, they call it ITB syndrome or IT band syndrome. So you have this thing. I don't really have um, a representation of it here, but there's this piece of connective tissue that connects from up in your hip all the way down here, um, you know, in your leg. And so what happens is that IT band can sometimes start to get irritated and it can cause you to have um, knee pain on the lateral side of your knee right? The laterals or the outside. Um, and that's extra articular, okay? Intra-articular knee pain is what happens inside of the joint, okay? So we're going to get to that here in a second. Um, another thing that can happen is you can have, um, and so these, these things over here are called ligaments, right? It's bone connecting to bone, right? Um, one of my medics used to say, uh, he used to try to remember, do ligaments connect muscle to bone or bone to bone or do tendons connect muscle to bone? So um, ligaments connect bone to bone. And he would say, liga, liga, bone, bone. It's such a kind of goofy thing, but that's what he would say. And it always sticks in my brain. So ligaments are kind of, these, these help to stabilize the knee, right? So you have the lateral collateral ligament or the LCL and you have the MCL, which is the medial collateral ligament, right? So what can happen over time is you can get, you know, again, with messed up um, like running mechanics, you can get strains in the MCL or the LCL. You can actually get tears in those, but we're gonna get into those when we talk about um, traumatic knee injuries, right? So, um, 
so those are some kind of chronic knee, knee injuries. I'm probably missed a few, but we can always revisit those later. So when we talk about traumatic knee injuries, that's when we're talking about stuff like um, meniscal tears, ACL tears, piece, you know, any type of ligament tears. Um, and so I wanted to kind of go over those because I see a lot of those in you guys' files sometimes, and, and you guys don't quite understand what those necessarily are, okay? So let's open up the knee joint. So let's talk about the meniscus first. So this is the meniscus, right? Okay, this like circular thing. It sits on top of the um, what's called the tibial plateau, right? So on top of the tibia is the meniscus. And so the femoral condyles like kind of sit right here on top of that, okay? And so what it does is it provides some stability to the knee. That's what all of these structures do is provide stability, right? So if you've got a meniscus, think about it like having an egg on a plate, right? If I've got a plate and it's just sitting here, it's going to roll around, right, and be unstable. But if I have a um, my meniscus, what it does is it kind of helps to provide it, I don't want to say some suction, but it kind of helps hold it in there nicely, right? With all the ligaments around it, everything just holds together nicely so it's stable, right? So what can happen with this meniscus is it can tear or it can have um, issues, right? And so most of the time what happens with that is you'll get like a twisting injury. And so if you get a twisting injury, you can get a tear in this meniscus. And what people will describe often is like a locking or a catching because if there's a tear, um, anytime you move and it catches right in that groove, it can, it can lock your knee or it can feel like it catches. And so most of the time when those things tear, it's due to a twisting type of injury, okay? There are also some long-standing chronic injuries that can, or chronic, um, it can just degenerate over time. So usually we see that in older populations. So if you're older, sometimes that meniscus can just get worn out and stretched out and it can just be more friable or tear a little bit easier. And so you can kind of have this degenerative meniscal tear. So we can see that too. Um, Especially maybe if you're older and you've got a ton of arthritis and your knee is just banged up, it can just kind of degenerate over time. Um, so beyond that, we've talked about kind of the meniscus. Now let's talk about some traumatic knee injuries like ACL and PCL um, ruptures. So if you guys see here, I'm stretching this out. You see these two little pieces of kind of ligament right here? That's This one here is called the ACL or the anterior cruciate ligament. And this one in the back is called the PCL or the posterior cruciate ligament. Again, we talked about the lateral collateral ligament and the medial collateral ligament. What they all do is help this knee joint to stay like in place. So it's not just flopping, you know, your skin will protect it from not just falling off of your body. Um, but all of these things provide it stability, right? So with the ACL and the PCL, what we see often, um, I guess, with the with any of these ligamentous injuries are usually hits, right? So if I get hit from the side, right, like this, and this happens a lot in football players, get hit from the side, what's gonna happen is it all this force is gonna see how that can like stretch that out and that can bust, right? So you can have a tear there. Same thing if you get hit from this side, can stretch that side out. Now what happens if you get hit from behind, right? You get hit, bam, it can kind of bust through that anterior cruciate ligament as well right here. Same way with the posterior, right? With the posterior cruciate ligament, one of the biggest things that we actually see is like car accidents. So if you're seated, if you're seated with your knee bent and you your knee hits the dashboard and it's like bam, right? It just jams through. I know it's hard to see, but if 
if I do this and I have this big force with my knee going forward into that dashboard, it's gonna bust that posterior cruciate ligament, okay? That's not as common of a one as the ACL and stuff like that. Um, one of the most common ones, if you old people like me remember, um, you know, Adrian Peterson had the terrible triad, right? So the terrible triad was basically him getting hit from the side and he had a, um, you know, he basically tore his medial collateral ligament because they basically went boom and it went and it busted like that. So it tore his medial collateral ligament, his medial meniscus got a tear and his anterior cruciate ligament. It was just a, it's just a horrible, horrible injury. Um, so it just kind of busts through all of those. Okay. So those are kind of some traumatic knee injuries. I know that that was kind of quick. I probably missed some stuff. Um, I just think it's important for you guys to understand, like a girl told me today that she injured her IT band in service, right? Um, and that she now has a, a meniscal tear and she thinks that they're related and that um, she wanted a medical opinion letter linking those things. And I'm like, look, hun, they may be related and you certainly should file for anything that you believe is connected to service. But to be honest with you, the IT band is extra articular, right? So I don't know how I could necessarily show a link between your IT band syndrome that happened many years ago to a tear inside of the joint, right? So that's why I wanted to do this video today, not because it's necessarily about percentages or you know stuff like that. It's just trying to give you guys a better idea of what do these things mean in my medical record? What do these things mean when the doctor tells me I have this or that? So hopefully that kind of shines some light on some of the anatomy, some of what's going on. Um, I'm gonna look through these questions real quick and see if there's anything I can answer. This is one of our first videos on procedural widespace. So, so I didn't think anybody was gonna come so that some of the, so I'm so glad some of you guys are here and hopefully we can increase those um, the videos for you guys and get it moving. Um, let me see. Thank you for the great information, Laramie. Thank you for watching. Um, so I never complained about my knee. This is from Daniel McLaren. I never complained in service about my knee, but I am service connected for my back. I've been out over 20 years. Any chance for me getting my knee condition service connected either direct or secondary? So that's a great question. So, you know, with knee pain, when we look at things from a primary um, standpoint, meaning like not related to another incident um, or another injury, we look at, do you have in-service documentation, right? And it sounds like you didn't, but did you have in-service documentation? Did you have continuity of care over the years? Meaning like if you were seen one time in 1993 and never seen it and never seen again until 2020, that's going to be kind of hard for me to like draw that connection unless you have a really reliable history and story like um, you self-treated or, you know, there there's some kind of really reliable link as to why those things are connected, right? Um, so from a secondary standpoint, you know, it's always, it just always depends, you know, do, do you have... Um, you know, do you have an antalgic gait, right? Do you have, you know, are you 60 years old and do you walk with a cane because of your knee pain, right? Is that documented in your records that you have all of these kind of like things? Are you super obese, right? Um, that could be good or bad, right? If you're super obese because you've had two total knee replacements from your service-connected knee pain, 
um, and you just can't exercise anymore, some of those things can contribute into other orthopedic conditions, right? Um, and, and they can translate, right? So everything is just, you know, case by case. I always encourage you guys to get with your accredited agent, file for anything that you think is service connected. Sometimes um, buddy statements can be helpful if you don't have contemporaneous medical evidence in your file, right? Lay statements can be helpful, eyewitness statements. If you have a high-risk job, if you have 75 um, jumps, you know, you're not like me who had like 15 jumps or something like that. Um, if you've got a ton of jumps and, and you know, we, we know those are impact activities, sometimes those types of things can, can show, um, a presumptive kind of mechanism of injury. So anyhow, I hope that was helpful. Um, let me see if there's any more questions. Kevin, thank you. I am glad that you are enjoying the video content. I am really hopeful that we can start to just pick it up and give you guys some more content because it has been quite a while. Um, get some of our other experts in here. Um, we love Heather. She's great. She's great with cardiac. Maybe we can get her on soon to do something um, with that. Um, let's see. Maybe I can do a better job of kind of promoting them in advance so you guys know when to, when to tune in. Um, so my husband has been out for over 20 years and he was put out for knee problems and gets 10% per knee. He has been diagnosed with arthritis in his knee. Can he get an increase because they have gotten worse? Um, so that's a good question. So, you know, I am not the administrative expert, but what I can tell you with my previous experience as a comp and pen examiner and my knowledge of the system is that, um, having more pain doesn't necessarily equate to increase in ratings. One of them, from my understanding, one of the most, um, you know, key factors there is your range of motion. How is your motion? Um, you know, if you have complete range of motion and it's really good and you have no problems other than it's just kind of painful, it's, it's probably not, not, you know, not always, but it's probably not going to be as significant as someone whose knee joint only bends like that much, right? If your knee joint can bend all the way, then that that's not as bad theoretically of a disability as if you just can't, you know, your quality of life stinks if this is about as far as you can bend your knee, right? Um, also, I don't think it's super important whether it was an ACL injury or a meniscal tear. It really has to do with what is your disability? How much is this impacting your life? How much range of motion do you have? Stuff like that. Um, so someone is saying they broke their tibial tuberosity. Ooh, that stinks. Um, what can be done to ease the pain? No pills. You know, I would say follow up with your treating provider. There are plenty of modalities, you know, um, that can be helpful. Um, that are not uh, pill related. I love my Alpha Stem. I don't, oh, here it is. This is great. Um, I use it for, you know, you can use it for headaches. You can use it for anxiety, depression. There are different modalities that you can use for pain um, as well that is very effective. And this is a medication-free way to try to help. Um, the VA can approve these for you and provide them to you. They are prescription only, right? Prescription only in the U.S. So I would say follow up with your doc on that. Um, that can be helpful. So outside of that, I think that was about all I wanted to talk about today. I'm so happy that you friends are here with me today. It makes me feel really great to know that you guys find this um, 
interesting and helpful. So don't be afraid to drop some more comments. I'd be glad to answer them. Um, and then we'll try to get you guys some more content and see what kind of things you guys want to hear about. So thanks for tuning in and I love you guys and I hope you guys have a great weekend and um, talk to y'all soon. Bye.